This podcast is sponsored by Inside Out Group, the specialists in high-risk and challenging filming and time-lapse, covering health and safety videos for rail, construction, and infrastructure projects nationwide. And we're live. Welcome to this week's Safer Than Your Average. On the show this week, we have Laura Orcott from the HSE Recruitment Network. If you want to just come in and introduce yourself, Laura. Hi. So, yeah, um, I'm Laura. Uh, I am the brand leader and head of contract for HSE Recruitment. As the name suggests, we're a health, safety, environmental recruitment agency. Uh, I have been doing that for 10 years and in addition to the day job, the recruitment side of things, I get really heavily involved in all the branding and events. Um, so just trying to put stuff together to help you guys with your CPD and, and kind of help make safety better overall. Awesome, awesome. So I don't know if you've seen the show before or seen the, the format of the podcast. We like to just go straight back to the start where you grew up, a bit about your early life. So if you okay. want to just come in and tell us about that. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm actually a Welsh girl, which I don't think you would know from the accent. I don't have the accent anymore. So I grew up in um, in Cardiff in a, a little village called Whitchurch or Reglus uh, Newydd, as we would say in Welsh. Um, I went to uh, I went to Howell School, so an all girls school from the age of five to eighteen. So um, absolutely loved it there. I kind of kind of focused in on the more artistic stuff than the sciences. So I loved you know, the classics and arts and literature. Um, I ended up in Birmingham because I came to university here. So I studied philosophy. Um, at the at the end of my first year, I met my now husband. So I got stuck <laughs> in Birmingham. Um, and obviously then found my job, found my career, and I've, I've kind of been here ever since. Okay, awesome, awesome. So what was your first job then, Laura? My first job was, I think, a very um, a very classic teenager's job. So I, I worked in a, a, a shoe store. It was a trainer store called Sneakers. We thought we were very trendy. Um, so I just did Saturday, Sunday, some, uh, some evenings, just, uh, yeah, selling very cool trainers that I did not wear myself. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you move into health and safety then? So health and safety really just came out of nowhere for me. I don't think it was something I'd ever, ever even considered before. I don't think it was something that I had come across in my everyday life or in any of my, my previous roles. Um, I was looking into roles in recruitment and I started talking to, to HSD recruitment and I met Chris, the, the director, and he started talking about health and safety and he was just so passionate about health and safety. Yeah. Um, and he made the joke that basically anyone that ever kind of has any involvement in health and safety just never leaves it ever again. It kind of grabs you. And I loved that. I thought, you know, I want to be in, a, in something that's a career for life. I like the idea of being in a, a role where you genuinely help people and we're, we're making the world a, a better place, hopefully, little bit by little bit. Um, so, yeah, kind of just completely out of nowhere, health and safety. But I'm, I'm really glad I found it. Yeah. So you started off as a health and safety recruiter then um, with the HSE Recruitment Network, but you're now in a different role from that slightly. Will you still focus on recruiting people for health and safety? What else do you do? So, yeah, so the day job, don't get me wrong, that is still recruitment. That takes up a lot of my time. But I've been very lucky that the company have allowed me to kind of follow my passions and um, develop the stuff I'm really interested in, which is the soft skills and the CPD side of it. 
Um, so my current role, I am uh, the brand leader. So I do all of our marketing. I do all of our partnerships. So we have really good partnerships with Rosper, Nebosh, IOSH, Double IRSM, Pints and Masons. So I kind of manage all of those partnerships. And the aim behind everything is to help safety people market themselves better, um, yeah. to figure out how to develop those soft skills um, and hopefully just help progress the industry. Um, I think we've all seen that that whole elf and safety thing in the Daily Mail. So I'm, I'm really passionate about trying to give you opportunities to develop away from that terrible stereotype. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So can you talk us through some of the work that you're doing with the soft skills side of things? Because it's an area that IOSH are really focused on at the moment as yeah. well to look at the new competency framework that is moving away from just having technical skills towards having a whole kind of generation of skills behind yourself. Yeah, I love the competency framework, by the way. I think that's a fantastic idea because I think in, in the safety industry, we've maybe been too focused on qualifications for, for quite a while. And don't get me wrong, of course, qualifications are still very, very important. But there are a lot of people out there that have the same kind of level and they have the same kind of knowledge. So the soft skills are really how you stand out and they're how um, people buy into you more and they, they will understand the message a little bit better. So a lot of the events that we run are focused on things like leadership skills, like empathy, communication, um, anything like that, that really, really helps you become a more well-rounded professional is kind of the focus. Yeah. And you mentioned that you run some workshops and things like that. How do you do those, Laura? So the workshops vary. So we do things like mock trials with Pins and Masons. And um, I've had to brush off some very old uh, acting skills <laughs> for that. So we literally, we have a courtroom, we act out a scenario, we get um, you guys involved as the, the, the judge and the jury. Um, so they're really, really good in terms of um, building particular skills for investigations and things like that. Other workshops that we've done have been involved um, around personal branding. So we've talked people through getting blogs out there, doing things like these podcasts and um, skills to be more confident when you're public speaking. Because yeah. I think that's something that, that people really struggle with. You know, it's quite scary to, to stand up and talk in front of people, but something that if you're going to be a, a really good senior safety professional, you kind of have to get used to that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we did a great workshop with a guy called Robin Commode, who is a uh, an actor and a confidence coach. So he came mm -hmm. in, he had us doing all sorts of different exercises all around the room and breathing exercises and, and things like that. Um, he taught me, I think, probably the best tip I've ever had for public speaking. So I will mm -hmm. share that with you. So when you uh, you stand up and you have to speak in front of people and you have to convey a message your body instinctively goes into fight or flight so traditionally that means that you you get hot you know your hands start to shake you, you show very physical signs of being nervous so if you are in that situation if you stand up and you plant your feet firmly and then you squeeze your bum cheeks um <laughs> it's impossible to shake it just grounds you and makes you feel very solid. <laughs> and I promise if you try it, that that works. But, um, I don't do that anymore. I'm, <laughs> I did when I started out, but I'm, I'm better now. I'm more confident. 
brilliant. And it's all about getting that experience and putting yourself out there. Um, when I was first getting into public speaking, I would take little stints and I would try and jump in for the opportunities. If I saw a construction manager going by to deliver an induction, I would say, let me do it or let me come yeah. in and deliver some of it just to get that experience and build it up. And now I feel confident walking into a room with hundreds of people and standing up there and, and speaking. So, yeah. It's the I same as any skill. The more you practice it, the, the more yeah. confident you are going to get with it. And I think um, safety people sometimes think they don't need to do public speaking, but it doesn't have to be a crowd of hundreds of people. It can be, yes, yeah, up doing inductions. It can be doing training. That's still the same skill set. Yeah. Um, so we just try and come at it from a, a different, more fun angle for you, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, the adult education and training course that you can do is fantastic for that as well. I can remember in my early career going back and doing, doing that as a, a week-long course and learning to teach first aid on top of that as well. And uh, oh, cool. the minute that you arrive on the course, they have you speaking and teaching each other in the class how <laughs> to teach the first aid. So it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty awesome. The instructor was absolutely bonkers as well. He'd been <laughs> a gymnast and he's the only guy that I've ever met that could fall out a chair with still being sat in it. And his head was touching the floor. <laughs> And he was still sat in the seat. <laughs> I won't try that one. I don't I think I would definitely hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, I think it would lead to an injury. Don't try that one at home. <laughs> so if we move on a little bit, Laura, just to talk about what's been your biggest challenge in your career, health and safety-wise? It's, it's tough because I think there's been so many. I mean, I, I know for me it feels like a long time uh, being in health and safety for 10 years. I, I appreciate there are people out there who've been in it much longer, but you do learn things all the time. I don't think anyone can ever sort of say they're a, a complete expert. I, you know, I don't like to say I'm an expert in stuff um, because there's always something you can learn. So um, in terms of challenges, I think learning that soft skill stuff for myself was was probably one of the biggest ones and and that's why I'm so passionate about it because I know it is hard it's it's stuff that you really have to work at and you have to practice it doesn't necessarily come naturally for, for everyone um so I think yeah when I started with HSE recruitment I took to the you know the sales side and the admin side I could kind of do all that quite naturally but learning to actually build a rapport with people and, and get engagement with people and, and things like that is is really really tough um yeah. so that's that's been a constant learning curve for me um most recently uh, i actually went and did a safety qualification mm -hmm. so i did the ncrq safety for managers certificate um and that was surprisingly challenging actually it was a it was a fantastic course but i think i thought I had a pretty good handle on what you guys did, but actually physically doing it <laughs> was was quite it was quite different. Um, so that was a that was a really interesting challenge, but one I, I loved. Yeah, and what drove you to do that? Was it just to get a bit of background knowledge and some of the people that you're recruiting through? Or yeah, I mean, I think it's like I said, I don't think you can ever rest on your laurels and think that you're good enough. There, there's always an opportunity to do more. And, I, and I'm someone that's quite passionate about education. I, I am a bit of a nerd, so I do like to learn things anyway. Um, but I encouraged my whole team to do it. So it was actually very nice for all of us to go through that together, to be able to bounce ideas off each other. And like I said, it's just given us a much more well-rounded view. You know, we knew what you did before. We knew what risk assessments were. We knew, you know, plan, do, check, act. But when you physically actually have to do it and apply it to situations, it, it's just a whole new 
ball game, really. What was your biggest takeaway from it? What was the biggest eye-opener from the whole course? Um, it's harder than I thought. <laughs> that was probably the biggest eye-opener. Um, no, I, one of the things I loved about it was looking at the potential risks of your risk controls, mm-hmm. which was something that I just hadn't even thought about before, and I thought that was that was really, really interesting. Um, a lot of it kind of revolved around root cause stuff as well. Yeah. And the fact that, that that very often comes back to culture and, and, and management. Um, I've talked about it with quite a few different people, but it seems that sometimes safety professionals or, or sometimes some of the not so good ones perhaps forget like the check act bit at the yeah. end of, of plan do check act. So that was quite eye opening, I think, and, and quite interesting to learn about. Sure, sure. So where do you see yourself progressing to in the future? Do you think you're going to become a health and safety person now? That you've I got do. I, <laughs> we actually, we talk about this in the office all the time, about coming in and, and getting into health and safety. Like I said, it's it's one of those jobs when you start getting involved in it, it's just so interesting. Yeah. And it's something that is always changing. It's always progressing. There's always something new to learn. There's always a new environment to try it out in. So, so 100%, I've, I've thought about it loads. But I think I'm quite, um, you know, I, I'm, I've been with my company for quite a long time now, so I'm, I'm quite enjoy where I am. So I'd like to try and help develop from that side of things. Mm-hmm. So work more on what I'm doing at the moment, work more on um, helping you guys make the industry better. Yeah. Um, I think when I first started in um, safety recruitment, you know, that there's been a huge, um, a huge growth from then to now in the perception of safety people, but yeah. that's still mostly internally. That's still with safety people. I think to the outside world, sometimes the perception is still that old elf and safety thing. So we've, you know, we've done some great work, but I think there's a, a long way to go and I'd, I'd love to be involved in it. Definitely, definitely. And you're doing a phenomenal job. I see you all the Thank time. You. Video content <laughs> out there and really making an impact in the industry. Um, you're pretty well known. You put loads <laughs> of content on LinkedIn. And yeah, Facebook. sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I saw today that you'd advertised a job and made a video to advertise it. Yes. This new uh, media content, putting video, putting sound content out there, is going to be the way of the future. Um, it's certainly starting to get really interesting for me with the podcast side of things and really starting to develop that through and put the, put the information out there. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I have to walk the walk. You can't just talk the talk. You can't say to people, like, you've got to be new and innovative and exciting and you've got to engage people in different ways and then not do any of that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've done, uh, we've done some talks at various different exhibitions and events on you know, the difference with the generations and how they approach work and, and things like that. And, and it obviously is, is a generalization, but a, a lot of it is true. Um, and I think if we want to bring people into the industry and we want to see new and exciting professionals coming through the ranks, we've, we've got to look at new ways of doing things. And I found that the video adverts, they, they're really attracting the right people, the sort of people that respond to them. They are, you know, they're dynamic professionals. They, they want to engage with people. They want to do things differently. Um, but yeah, sorry, you just have to see my face all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's absolutely brilliant. Keep up the great work. So if we move on to talk about Laura, what advice would you give to someone starting out in health and safety today? So health and safety, um, it, 
I'll be honest, getting started is tough. That's that's probably you know the thing I get asked most is how do I get started in health and safety, and it is a little bit of a catch twenty two because it's one of those where just having the qualification probably isn't enough. You do have to have, like we said, the soft skills, and you do kind of need that experience. So if it's an area that you're interested in, you need to make things happen for yourself. So if you're doing a different role at the moment and safety is the way you want to go and you're starting to study it, you need to go and speak to your safety manager and say, right, can I get involved? Can I be a rep? Can I shadow you? Can I help you out with this and that? You need to um, put yourself out there and learn as much as possible. Um, I think, yeah, the, the sort of people that we're interested in and the sort of people that do really well in industry are those people that are willing to try new things, go to events, do podcasts, read information, put blogs out there. So just just trying to get on that road will get you a, a really good start. I know if I was looking at two entry level candidates for a role and they both have the same qualification, but one is on LinkedIn, talking about stuff all the time, interacting with different IOSH groups and things like that. That's the one I'm going to think has got more passion and more drive for the job. And that's probably the one I'm going to go for. Yeah. And what do you find is the biggest pitfall for candidates coming through that they're um, going through is some of the businesses that you work with? Uh, in terms of getting a role? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I, I hate to keep harping on about it, but it's the qualification side. People think that they can just do every qualification under the sun and that sort of entitles them to the role and it, and it just doesn't. And it's a shame because we see really qualified people and they've got, you know, all the NEBOSH certificates, they've got diplomas, they've got degrees, MSCs, but they've never physically done the role. They've never engaged in anything. They don't have any hands-on knowledge of the safety world yeah. um so i think that's a trap a lot of people fall into you know they do their initial qualification they struggle to get a role they think right i'll go and do a bigger and a better qualification and their time would be much better spent actually getting embedded in the safety world yeah i know when i was starting out i had to go out and volunteer to work for businesses exactly and try and really get my name out there go to every meeting that you could go to and the network that i built at that is still with me now on a lot of occasions. I'm now on the IOSH West of Scotland committee. I can remember going and being a, a young, fresh-faced guy, putting my <laughs> hand up and saying, I've just done an EBOSH general certificate. I absolutely love this. Let me come and work for you for free two days a week to get experience. And who will take perfect. me on? You know? Yeah. And then... that's, that's exactly what we're looking for. You know, it, it, to have the confidence to do that, that's the mm -hmm. sort of person that people want to hire. If you could come to me and say, look, I've never had a job in health and safety, but I did that. I went to an IOSH group. I told them I wanted to learn. I started doing stuff for free two days a week. Why would I not want to speak to you? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So any other advice or any kind of little nuggets that you can give out? Because I think we'll get quite a lot of people watching this podcast that are relatively new coming out to get a role and look to start progressing into that first role. And then there's something else I'm going to ask you after that. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, there's lots of, of different bits of advice. So if anyone wants to, to connect to me and ask me things afterwards, then, then that's absolutely fine. I'm always happy to chat. But um, one thing that I've told quite a few people is that if, um, if you can't find someone in the safety world that is your inspiration, then you need to go out there and be that inspiration for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, particularly when we're trying to make the safety um, world, you know, more diverse, more inclusive, 
you might not see a representation of who you are, but go out there and be that person. You be the one that stands up and um, is, a, is a pillar for people to look for. Um, again, it's, it's good for you, it's good for the community, and it's absolutely good for your job searching because they're the sort of people we want. The other question I wanted to ask you to follow up on that one is one that I get asked quite a lot. And it's normally from people that have been health and safety advisors for three, four, five years. How did they get into that first management role? Okay, so that is it is tough to make that that step. Um, the difference most of the time between an advisor and a manager is largely to do with the soft skill set. Mm-hmm. Because when you're an advisor, you're pretty much you're doing the operational, you're doing the day to day, you're reporting into someone. When you step into manager, then you're starting to look at strategy, you're starting to look at culture, you're starting to look at engagement. Um, so having that soft skill development is, is, is critical. You, you can't do it without. Um, so again, ways to develop that is to just get involved in stuff. You know, go along to the IOSH meetings, learn from people around you. We have a fantastic community of people here. Yep. And, uh, you know, back in the day, I think safety people were really, really siloed and you didn't have anyone to talk to and who to share experiences with. But that's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk with people all over the world who, who do what we do. So, yeah, just make sure you're, you're talking, you're sharing, you're learning. Um, put yourself out there. If there's a manager role there and you're, you're not sure if you're quite there, apply for it anyway. Go and speak yeah. to them. Go and chat to them because the worst thing that happens is you don't get the job, but you already didn't have the job. <laughs> so nothing has changed. So um, the best thing that happens is you get the job. The likely outcome is you'll have a good conversation with someone, you'll learn something and it will get you that step closer. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I think is quite important is just to have your, or an idea of your career planned out, know where you want to go with it. That doesn't mean that stuff can't change because, you know, life is unpredictable and, and things do go off plan occasionally. But um, or if you always have a know in what direction you're heading and what you need to do to get there, you're always moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so just moving on a little bit more then, Laura, we'll just come to the summing up section. Um, if you want to let us know how to get in contact with you, we can put some links in the description if anybody wants to come and get further advice or guidance from you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am on LinkedIn pretty much 24 hours a day. (laughs) So your best bet is to send me a connection request there. Um, You can drop us an email. So the best email for us is info at hserecruitment.co.uk. And then what I will do is I will figure out the best person in our team for you to speak to based on your skill set, your needs, you know, your experience, and, and we'll hopefully try and point you in the right direction. Um, you can go on the website and have a look at our adverts as well and, and what we've got live. So that's um, www.hserecruitment.co.uk. But the caveat with that is that a lot of the stuff we work on is retained, exclusive, confidential. So you won't see every job on that. Your best bet is to be in contact with us and talking to us. Um, and that way we can let you know when something is is right for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much for coming on the Safer Than Your Average podcast, Laura. It's been absolutely brilliant speaking to you. Some real good advice and guidance. Thanks. No, no problem. Thank you so much for having me.
This podcast is sponsored by Inside Out Group, the specialists in high-risk and challenging filming and time-lapse, covering health and safety videos for rail, construction, and infrastructure projects nationwide.